is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast, and the last one of 2022 has been a hell of a year for all of us here in Duke Nation. Unfortunately, <laughs> the, the <laughs> last game that we played on December 20th did not go our way, and it was just an ugly performance. AC Jack, welcome in for the last show of uh, 2022. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We'll obviously talk about that late game, but you know, I, we can talk about that for a couple seconds, but I can't wait, AC, <laughs> to get you in the echo chamber because I know you have a lot to say. Um, <laughs> and speaking, of, speaking of a lot to say, uh, I don't know if anybody caught the uh, Paulo Bancaro on JJ Reddick's uh, podcast recently. That was a doozy. So we got a lot of things that we want to so talk good. about that. So mm-hmm. good. And um, then we'll talk about the second third of the Duke basketball season and then give you our preview for the Florida State game on New Year's Eve, 1 p.m. Those dreaded Saturday 1 p.m. games. Uh, your boy TK will be in the building, though. So, oh, what? Um, yeah, TK is going to be in the building. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how they Jack, look, I, I've seen my share of wins. I, I was actually at the last Florida State game at Duke, the last game that Coach K ever won at Duke. So, yeah, we'll I was there too. Get, yeah, so we'll hopefully get some of that momentum back because um, we need it. Uh, AC eighty-one uh, seventy. I know that you predicted us to lose against Wake Forest on the twentieth. Um, did you see it being as ugly as it was? No, I thought it'd be a lot closer. I mean, I think my score prediction was somewhere like seventy-five to like seventy-three or something. I thought it'd be like one of those kind of buzzer-beater games. I didn't think, I didn't think it would be a kind of a complete meltdown that happened in the second half. <laughs> I mean, it's just we're not a good road team, man. Like this is a team. I think we will see them kind of like that Austin River squad. I think I think we'll be almost. I I can see us being undefeated at home. I really can, and defending the home court very well. And well, did, most, did if Austin not all, Rivers of our losses are going to be on the road. Never lost on the road, correct? What's that? The Austin Rivers team never lost on the road. Oh, that's right. They were the team that didn't lose on the road. Uh, who am I? I'm thinking about the Mason Plumlee team year before where they didn't lose at home. That's that's uh, I want to say that's the last one that didn't lose at home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you might be right. I, I, I'd have to go to the stat boy, Jack. Do you know off the top of your head? I, don't, I think Duke didn't lose to anyone outside of UNC at home from like 2009 to 2013. Mm-hmm. Something like but that. But yeah, either way, this is, this yeah. is definitely a home team. Like, this is a team that shoots very well in Cameron. Defends very well in Cameron, and then we get on the road, and just it falls apart for whatever reason. So neutral site and road games haven't been pretty to us this year. Yeah, I mean, I think Jack, when um, you know Jalen Blake is your is your best player, um, and and quite frankly, it wasn't even close. I, I mean, you could give a nod to to Mark Mitchell. Um, you know, he played decent, but if if, if Blake is your best player, you're you're probably not going to win that game. I mean, I want to throw our predictions out the window for that game because Lively and Whitehead were both out. I really think that if they play, it's a completely different game. But yeah, Blake's was the best player. Outside of him, I got two words for the whole the whole game. It's lackadaisical effort. Wow. It really was. No one was putting in the work, and no, it was no, that, that, obvious yeah. the, whole, the whole game. Yeah, no, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, it kind of was one of those games, and, and I know the three of us have, have said this, that you get one or two of these games every year where mm-hmm. you just kind of throw it out the window. Um, but at I the mean, same time, at the same time, I, I, I hate to see that kind of effort. I just hate to see that. Yeah. I hate it too. But at the same time, also, you got to think there's always, it's always Waker State. There's just that game where you just. I know, man. 
every post, year Duke is good too, for dude, at least like, one stupid loss on the road against yeah. Waker State. That was, and was I remember that the post- 2020 game. That was disgusting. That like 20 point loss in the Brotherhood yeah. jerseys at State. Mm-hmm. The overtime loss against Wake that year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know hold on, you were you were on spaces for God knows how long. Um, oh my god. You know, after this game, you know, and I don't want to get into the echo chamber because we're gonna do that in a second. But <laughs> in terms of, you know, just the over like, what were you saying there? Um, because you know, I know that you and I, you know, jokingly went back and forth during the game. You know, I was pissed. I was pissed about the, mm-hmm. the effort. And you, if you lose, you lose. That's one thing. Right. But, you know, I'm pissed about the effort that I saw. And you would think that after a 10-day layoff, you know, uh, after, you know, a couple of nice wins, obviously UMES is easy. But you get your, your first uh, ACC win, you beat Ohio State, and then you have a really nice performance against Iowa. You know, Jeremy Rhodes coming back. Yeah, I can see a little bit of rust, sure. But... To me, it was just there was just absolutely nothing going right, um, and, and it was just it was and it's going to be uh, to me it's going to be how does Shire get like you know what K would do right? You K would mm-hmm. you know throw the jerseys out of the locker room and you know whatever. What, what does John Shire do here? I, I think you just get back at it. Like that was I mean that's post exam. It's it's post exam. You have. You have a couple of practices. We've seen how important practice is for this team. And we are losing Lively and Whitehead. I mean, it's like, this is not indicative of who this team is, and we know that. Like, we have full evidence throughout the rest of the season showing that this team doesn't play like that, the 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 lack of effort, at least, anyway. Like, we, we definitely know yeah. that there is a there is a problem with us scoring on the road. We know that. That we see that. That is, that is now ingrained in what this team is at the moment. But this team is not that lazy, and... And again, missing Lively and Whitehead, as Jack said, does make a difference. I did predict a loss thinking that they would be playing again because it's post-exam. So what they would have added for our team, I don't know, because most of, most of Wake's shots came from the outside. So I don't know that Lively would have had a big defensive impact on this game. But the rest of the team, just they needed to feed off of something, and they didn't have it. Like, Flip couldn't hit a shot. Jeremy was turning the ball over like it was his job. Like, you know, it's, it is what it is, but it's not indicative of who this team actually is. Like, like this, like this one game isn't the actual team. And I think that's, that's what I was battling on spaces that night, man. But it is what it is. We're moving forward. And I think if you're John Shire, I don't, I don't think you need to kick the team out and all the other stuff. You do that after you lose a couple games in a row. Like when you drop two out of three or something in a week and all that stuff, that's when you do that. But one game after exams, I don't, I don't think you completely lay into him. I mean, he probably did after the game and during the game. I think there was a couple shots of him yelling on the bench a couple times. But, I mean, that, that's that's in-game competition type stuff. You get back in the drawing board and figure out what the hell do we need to do to make some shots on the fucking road. Like, that's what we need to do. <laughs> now, AC, I really quickly do want to say you, you said a lot of their shots came from the perimeter. And, yes, that is true. However, the amount of times Ryan Young got attacked on a lob Mm-hmm. That w- would not have happened, and possibly not. As would long, I mean, not have deflated the energy if Lively's in there. Let's. I mean, let's give Steve Forbes credit. He drew up a great, great I mean, game yes, plan. He, and he if, did and a if great, Lively's there, he he's going to draw plan. up. He's going to draw up Lively guarding on the perimeter so that he can still get those shots. So like, I'm, I'm not saying like this is not an indictment on Derek Lively. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we. I, I felt like we would have lost this game regardless of who we had. It's just, just one of those games. I don't know how big the margin is if lively's in there and no the margin might have been 
yeah, the margin might have been shrunk. I don't I don't think we lose by 11 with Lively and Whitehead in the game. But the things that we were lacking, those two don't necessarily bring it all. Like, we needed to make more shots. Like, Whitehead is yeah. still coming back in the form. I don't know that he's going to make a bunch of more shots. Lively's not really an offensive player. I don't know that he's going to make a bunch of shots. Like, that was a game we needed to score. Defense wasn't really – that. defense was – I don't think defense would have traveled with us with that game. Coming after the break, wake at home, how they play at home. Steve Forbes crew, like, I, I don't, I, this is a game we just needed to outscore them. Sometimes you just need to outscore your opponent. And on the road right now, we are not doing that. Yeah, and, and the 50-50 balls all went to Wake Forest. They out-rebounded mm-hmm. us by eight. Uh, they got to the line 26 times. Obviously, you know, some of that is us fouling at the end for sure. Um, you know, but we're only getting to the line 14 for 14 attempts. So, again, it, it was just a perfect storm of trash. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. From 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 everyone not named you know Jill and Blitz. Um So let's let's step into the echo chamber. Um, this week we this are, is called uh, an echo chamber. It is called an echo chamber, and it is sponsored <laughs> uh, again by Olive Garden. We uh, are still waiting for new sponsors, but uh, when you're here, you're family, and we try to remind everyone that um, in the echo chamber that we are a family, even though we may take opposite sides of the spectrum. So. AC, I know that you're going to be the optimist in this one, Jack. You're going to be the the realist, and and TK will play the role of the pessimist, and, and I'll go ahead and get things started. Um, so, TK, you're going to be my Instagram comments? Yes, the Instagram comments. My goodness, uh, it was what, so bad. What, what the Twitter comments were that AC was fielding uh, for basically 72 hours there, if, if not still. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, and then any message boards, you, you would think that the season's over. So let me play the role of that. Um, this team is, has the lowest ceiling of any team in recent Duke memory. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of having to continually say that we have to wait for so-and-so to catch up to speed. I, Shire doesn't know how to get the most out of these guys because he's afraid to touch on any egos and really get in the faces of these guys. And at absolute best, we're a first weekend team if we even make the tournament. And I just don't see us winning a single game on the road this year with what we have. And Jeremy Roach is trash. That's that's a lot to unpack there because this team is clearly oh, a more. very good team. <laughs> like Jeremy Roach has clearly shown that he is he's been a great team captain for this team. John Shire, his the play calls, the way this team is moving the ball, it's what Duke fans have complained about all the the last fifteen years about Coach K about how we don't move the ball, even though that's trash too. But we're getting a team. We have a team that can move the ball. We have a team that can score. We have a high ceiling with guys like Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, the talent that this team has, Kyle Filipowski, the way he's been playing. There's no there's no doubt. Like this is one game. Like this is where the this is where the echo chamber. Y'all need to, to stop because this is one game. One game. This does not define our season. It may be one game, but when you have performances like that, they're kind of... What about the other 12? To be be quite frank, uh, Forbes just exposed Duke's weaknesses. um, What about the other 12? We were exposed in multiple games. games. Those just get erased? No, we were exposed. We were were 10-3. It's not like we were Uh, 13-0. Yeah, but we looked good in most of the games we played. We got blown out against Purdue. Um, we yeah, that's the we, number one team in the country, though. Yeah, and there's, there's, they, they were twenty five when we played them. 
Uh, and we want to say there's only one undefeated team left in the NCAA. And, you know, the other thing is that, AC, you mentioned it earlier that we can't score. And, you know, I don't see that changing from here on out. Uh, not with this team. We, we just don't shoot the ball well enough. Um, you can't play every game at home. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, you talked about the two road games that we lost. Um, you know, we only lost one road game. The other two were neutral sunk games. And, you know, you're, you're talking about an ACC road game where the students weren't even there. Yeah, they, had their, so, they had to have their student section there. Everybody, they have their kids live in Wake anyway. There were tons of Duke fans in, in, in that building. They had nothing to share about, but they were there. Yeah, it will be all right. We'll drop a couple on the road. We always do that. Every Duke team does that. It's not the only one. It won't be the last. It wasn't the first. Jack, bring some realism into this. Okay, so um, AJ Griffin hadn't arrived at this point last season. We didn't know what this team, we didn't know what last year's team's ceiling or floor was at this point last season. Because no one knew their true role and what it was going to be come that last third. Like this, the down the stretch part of the season, we are, we still don't know what everyone's role is going to be because we are just about a third of the way through the regular season. Derek hasn't had his breakout game yet because he hasn't, he hasn't had an opportunity to do it because he's gotten more practice since his last appearance than he did all season, which is a big key to basically everything. I think once Derek gets going, the whole team will follow. I think the floor and the ceiling will be considerably higher once he's ready. But I really think until then, we can't we can't say definitively that we know what this team's ceiling is. I really, I think, I think it's an unknown. I think everyone's overreacting. And most importantly, Jeremy Roach is not trash. We have seen this season. <laughs> Do you guys not remember the Iowa game like literally two, three weeks ago? Of course not, because we lost a week. Nobody remembers the Iowa yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, one bad game releases the whole good season. <laughs> Nothing because team had to go celebrate the holidays. <laughs> come on, look, the wake game. It's understandable that they wouldn't come out with full effort. As much as I hate to say it, I am a recent college graduate. I know how you are mentally after exam season. It's ha- it's it's terrible. It's not the way it used to be, where you can kind of lay off a bit. Exams are ridiculously intense, and if a team comes out playing well after exams i am surprised at any school especially a school like duke where you know academics are top mm-hmm. of the top these guys are going to be fine one bad game after a mentally and emotionally grueling week does not mean anything ac do you see that this team's you know jack you know i think is accurate in saying that we don't have any barometer right now in mm-hmm. saying what this team's ceiling can be, what is the floor though? Because I, I do believe I think, that the I floor, think the floor is what was, you saw. I think wake. the floor last year was going to be a yeah, lot higher. Wake is the Just floor. Because, because of the stud that you have in in Bancaro. Right. Right. We don't have anybody as as advanced as Paulo right now. Like as as good as I think Derek is, we we will not see his best basketball at Duke. His basketball will be in 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 the NBA. Paulo, what we saw at Apollo, what we saw at Zion the year before, like they are doing what they did in college, what they did in high school, and just translating that to the pros. Like, 
We have seen them. I would say but, that they're doing better than they did in college. Both. Oh no, they are. Like, of course, 43. you have no choice but to get better. You have no choice but to get better as you get older, as, right. you, as you work with coaches. But, but you could see, like, you already saw it. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. That is what I'm saying about seeing their basketball. You, you can see what they are. Like, right. Like, you, not, you I don't saw, know that we're going to see out of a couple Zag, of games. Against Gonzaga before he before he went out, and you saw what Paulo was. Right. Right. Like, Outside of and Tatum was the same way. We saw what Tatum right. was going to be. Like right. that's so that's my point. Like outside of probably a couple of games, hopefully towards the end of the season, I don't know that we fully see what Derek Whitehead is really truly going to be in the NBA. I just I don't think that we will see it. Kind of like AJ, we didn't see what AJ was going to be at Duke. We said that yeah, on our podcast for a like, few games. Yeah, you could see you could see where it was going, but he is he's transcended what anything he ever did here, especially especially the way he's attacking the ball and everything else. He's yeah. AJ is, is his mind is so much better now now in the NBA than it was in college. So that that's my point. Like, no, I, I don't. I don't know that we see anybody's best this year for this Duke team until the end of the season. Like, this, this could be one of those Duke teams where January, February could be ugly. Quite honestly, like as bad as as bad as January could be, like February coming up is even worse. We'll get to that another time. But I, I think when it comes to March, I think this team will have at least have their identity. So whether that identity is good enough to carry us through the tournament or not, we'll we'll see by then. But this one game definitely does not define that. Yeah, I think I think it's really difficult for us to obviously understand what the ceiling is for this team. Um, having said that, the floor is much lower than it has been. Um, take out the COVID year uh, in recent memory, and I think that that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, you know, and, and it's a team. I would that say the twenty twenty team floor was pretty team similar. Has a lot of improvement to do. I would say the twenty twenty team's floor is pretty similar. We saw the twenty twenty team. Are you talking about the uh, the no fans game season or the the no, no tournament season? I'm talking about the Trajan's sophomore year. That team changed with J Rob. Yeah, well, it did. Like, but the floor was. I'm referring to like full season. You have an elite point guard. Yeah, I, and I don't. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes that it's... the elite point guard is the only one who actually did anything. We saw that right. in that first Carolina game. How awful no, the team played until the last five minutes of regulation and and mm-hmm. overtime. We saw that against NC State. We saw that against Wake Forest when J Rob was the only one who showed up. In that includes Trey. Mm-hmm. That that team had some. Their awful floor moments. maximized though with with the addition of Justin oh. Robinson. Yeah, they're, so they're, you, the had whole team, you had two different. You had totally different floors. There's nobody we're adding to this team this year that's going to change the floor. So I think Wake is the floor. I mean, for we're this adding Derek. We're adding Derek still. It's true. It's true. So if if he if if he if he does the NBA All Star thing in college the next you know the next two months, then yeah, absolutely, you're exactly right. How Our floor absolutely changes. It, how realistic is it for us to sit here and say the Rick is going to you know we'll, we'll still give him a couple more games, but if, you know mm-hmm. even taking out the echo chamber on this, yeah. it is fair to say you know what it is kind of tiring saying okay, well you know now we're 13 games in, we're a third of the way through the year. We gotta, you know, but even even like it, it's like I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this because I'm gonna contradict what I said earlier in the year because I don't even think he would come back until this game against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um, how much can we realistically expect him to be a dominant force for us? You know, whether it's you know 13, 14, 15 points a game because I feel like if we don't get anywhere close to that. Then you know the team floor is just is is first weekend, and that's just being realistic. 
I mean, really, I think your team really scores really first not. weekend. Every team <laughs> scores that? the first weekend. Uh, I, I said every team scores the. Yeah. Realistically, though, like last year, that team wasn't losing first weekend. The Zion right. team wasn't losing first weekend, even though that game. Right. Are you sure? Do you not remember? Well, no, I do. I do. <laughs> no, but you see, yeah, but, but the, like in you know, here's oh. the way we, it always goes, right? So if you say if we play X, you know, X Y Z team in a seven game series or in a five game series, even or even a three game series, we're we're winning two out of those three. Yeah, any right. any time you tip it up, you have a chance to lose. But the real the the realistic way to look at it is if we play these teams five times, we're gonna win four of them. And that's how you kind of know can... what the floor is to me. All we can do is pause it on the future, right? Like you can't tell me anybody was like UCF is going to beat Duke with Zion Williamson on the floor. Like there was right. no way. Like that that Shout out Duke football, by the way, for beating UCF. It was a great game. <laughs> the revenge game. But yeah, like so yeah, history makes fools of us all. So yes, but going into that, nobody thought that that team was going to lose the UCF. I just that, but yes, you're exactly right. History came back and said no, you're you're wrong actually. So. So yeah, that that's what that team's floor ended up being. However, realistically, it, you wouldn't put your money on them losing in the first weekend. Right. This team, I see what TK's saying. Depending on how the season plays out, I can see it being realistic that you put your money on this team losing in the first weekend because we might not be in the seed where you're a one playing a sixteen or a two playing a fifteen or you know even a three playing a fourteen or whatever else. Like this might be a a, a four seed team where you start getting into the realm of a higher possibility for these upsets. So I, I can, I can see where that is a possibility. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, but we go ahead, Whitehead Jeff. too. Like I, I, we always call him Whitehead, like, cause that's what I think he can be. I don't, he might, we might not see Derek Whitehead this season. Like we might not see that D Wade. We might see Derek Whitehead play closer to a, a sophomore Gerald Henderson. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that we might see closer to that. I mean, Yes, but it all, you guys are acting like we've moved the goalposts for Whitehead since the injury news came out. When we've been saying the whole time he's either not going to play or not going to break out until mm-hmm. late December. And here we are going into his first game since getting more than two days of practice. Like People forget, he had a total of two days of practice mm-hmm. in, all of his, in all of his gameplay. He, he has more games played than practices in that stretch. And since Eastern Shore, he has had so much time to practice. Obviously, the Wake game is a wash because he was sick, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's been back and he's been putting the work in and he's had more practice time this week than he had the whole season really before everything. So, oh, believe me, as a Wake head, like I, I think he's going to play. I, I think, I think he's, he's going to play at an all American level. I, I think so too. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it's a matter yeah, of it's, yeah. it's a matter of you know patience. I think he's finally going to be ready and have that chance to practice and play mm-hmm. at a high level. I think people are just too impatient because it's Duke and oh, if you can't give me thirty points a night, you're a bust. Even if you're coming off of a severe injury that required surgery, correct. And that's I mean, and that is another factor. How how healed is he? Like he oh, he's still healed. has not. I think so too. I, say, I, think, I think it's so too. And I think you've seen it game by game. That. I think you've seen it. Yeah. I think you've seen it game by game. Like the movements have gotten better, like from the start. So he's had this break. You've had these, these, now you've had practice. Now you've had time to condition more. Like if I, I will say this, I will say this. If 
going through January, he still looks the same, then I think I think that is more cause for concern. Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be we'll we'll see what it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think that this FSU game is going to be huge for him. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're, yeah we'll get to that. We'll get to FSU. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. Hold on. But that's what that's what I meant though about not wanting to contradict myself because that's kind of what I was doing there. But at the same time, it is cause for concern when he doesn't play against uh, Wake. We talked about the practice, and then you know how the flu goes. Even for these young guys, it does take a little bit of time to get over that. Um, and get back to so it's just another setback, I guess, is what an unexpected setback that we, you know, have to deal with. And it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. how much does that push things back? Um, because at the end of the day, what we all talked about was the practice situation for him, uh, and how important that's going to be. How many days of practice did he miss? How many, like, do we know? Um, did he go home? Did he, like, how, how, like, all those different things that, you know, kind of played into the thing that we all thought was most important, which was his practice time. So, Again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I do want to switch gears to uh, my main man, J.J. Reddick, and the podcast, his podcast, The Old Man in the Three, is just awesome. Um, It's an incredible listen every week. It's just fantastic. Um, And Paulo was on recently, and a lot of Duke fans had a lot of different reactions to some of the things that he said. Um, You know, obviously he talked about the Duke visit not being his best, and you know, all those shout out Wendell. Shout out Wendell. How many you know, times have we heard that though? Like Brandon Ingram, so times, Jabari right? Parker. So I don't even want to. I don't even want to focus on that. I, I want to focus first uh, on the thing that really got the the needle moving, which was talking about the week leading up to to Kay's last game in Cameron, and how they didn't really even practice. So, mm-hmm. you know. Immediate reaction before I give mine uh, when you heard that, Jack. Yeah, I knew it. I had already known that that had happened. Um, a few different people had told me, some behind the scenes and some just general, you know, a couple of people had said it, a couple other connected guys. Um, things I've heard about that week just behind closed doors have not been great. It was a stressful week. There was so much media fanfare that it was next to impossible for the team to practice in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't blame them for not practicing. It's on one guy, and we know who that guy is. As much as I hate to say it, but... That's the most stressful game they played all year, and that's including the Final Four, and they didn't get to practice that whole week, yeah. which is just terrible downright terrible downright just stupid honestly and uh, mm-hmm. honestly it 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 makes sense that they lost the way they did because they couldn't defend anything because they didn't know what was coming yeah yeah no seriously though like <laughs> it, it frustrating right like that's that's a that's a that's a word that when he said it like because we knew it like you said we knew it and then just to hear it again just brought up old feelings again because it's like man like even even like the assistants couldn't even run the, the squad, but it's like everything that was going on in Cameron. Like it was yeah, Cameron dude, itself uh, was was basically off limits, and it's not like they were going to yeah. practice in card. Right, it, it, dude. It was just yeah. I don't know. It was it was definitely definitely frustrating. Brought up feelings of frustration from how that season ended. <laughs> I, I will say that I, I've no. moved on so much from that. 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm definitely 15-point lead in the final. That made me feel better. Yeah. It didn't hurt. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but you know, kind of focusing on this, it, it's, it's you know, yeah, we we knew that going in, uh, and I know I talked to a couple people uh, as well uh, during that week, and I was like, wait, what happened? Wait, they they're not practicing what? And so, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to take a, a reverse angle on it now that I have thought about it again because I blocked all that stuff out of my memory. But, you know, is it one of those things where, you know, is Kay looking at it as, you know, the last thing this team needs right now is to, to go out there and, and, and practice when they can't focus? I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that there is any way I can spin it to... I don't think there's an excuse to, to for it, personally. I, I just don't... Because, you know, with, with all the obligations that they did have, every single player is doing interviews. You have all these guys back, you know, uh, on campus, you know, days before... Um, you know, the ESPN thing was through the roof. Is there a way that Kay's looking at it, you know, at the time saying, you know what, maybe the best thing to do is just handle all these obligations and then we'll just, for lack of a better term, rolling out there. And we beat these guys before at their place. We have the better roster. We have the better team. We'll figure out a way to, to, to live to live up to the moment. Right, and, and at mean, that point, I mean, UNC, not making excuses, UNC was, they were a bubble team, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, yeah. People were talking about them as, as if they were a bubble team or, or a play-in game type seed, so and maybe, they maybe that a, is the... They needed a statement win. Yeah, and that, so maybe K, that was K's, you know, thinking going into it, but I mean, all the media obligations, you could have the assistants run the team. He's He's right. been doing that the past four years. <laughs> like, his, and then it's really funny to piggyback off of to hear Apollo say that and such, and we knew it. And then Kay had an interview on, I can't remember what little YouTube show or something recently yeah. where he was saying at first he was, he was very, very upset with the team. And you saw it, you saw it when he came back out and said, this is not acceptable and all the other stuff. He was very upset with the team for losing that game. And he said he took it personally, but then he had to take a step back and then everything else. But it was like, how how dare you almost <laughs> be so angry at your team when when you couldn't even find time to to create practice and scouting for them for this game? So right. it, it was yeah. frustrating. I will say I I know what was said behind closed doors after the after the game, immediately after, and it was not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am not at liberty to say what was said, but just know that it was very ugly, and really it it kind of mirrors that like, what did mm-hmm. you do? It yeah, was, and, and, it was ugly. Yeah, and you know, kind of I touch on that. Um, it is it is a wet dream for everyone that hated K um, to hear mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And and I know the interview you're talking about, AC. Um, it 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 made me cringe, to be honest with you, to to yep. hear the way he was talking about it. And it's just like you know, all these things that you talk about with the fist and you know, all in, you know, together and all these things. And for you to be, you know, quote unquote, that selfish uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is tough to listen to, quite frankly. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where these guys are trying their hardest out for you. And then for you to come back and basically spit in their faces if they were the problem when you didn't even get them prepared. And you're, you're best known for getting teams prepared. You're best known for yep. your hours upon hours after midnight after a game, um, studying tape and and going through it. And you you always said that you would walk away when you no longer could give your best, and you didn't give them your best, and now you're expecting them to bail you out 
and they didn't do it um, with all the pressure in the world on them for you, by the way. So mm-hmm. to me, um, that was a horrible look for him. Um, it's sad. And, you know, he's just going to pull what it is. And, you yep. know, I'm glad that Paulo, you know, went out there and, and said what he did. Like, yeah, maybe some of us, you know, here knew that from, you know, well-placed, you know, sources on Jack said. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm glad that he came out there and said that publicly. And because shouts for of, them for being as good as they were down the stretch when the team, when they weren't practicing, when KK wasn't giving them the best, because he wasn't giving their best through the tournament either. Right. Quite honestly. Like that right. team was, they were taking it on their shoulders. And and and, you, and you, you have the time to think back about, you know, the decisions after the season, you know, Peels, mm-hmm. Jeremy, um, mm-hmm. you know, good on Shire. Good on Shire to get, to get Jeremy back um, yeah. and being, you know, and, and making at least a decision for 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 kills. Hmm. Absolutely. Certainly. But uh, yeah. Well, either way, though, the, the the interview itself was 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 a great listen. Um, you know, it's always fun to have. Uh, he's such know, a marketable kid, man. Yeah. He's so marketable. He's so good at talking. Yeah. He really is. Now the NBA has a gem with him, man. Like between between the interviews he's giving and his personality, how marketable he is. You saw it through the NIL. He talked about the NIL a little bit and how he got his bag in college. You know what I mean? Like I mean, we, these, these guys are making more than a, a mid level exemption in college, so it's like <laughs> good for you for getting your bucks, man. But um, no, he 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 is. We we said it before. We'll say it again. He is a future Hall of Famer. He is doing nothing to to prove that anything other than correct. And with as marketable as he is, with all the other things that go around him, like it's it's that's a no brainer, bro. I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit. When he was like a freshman in college, he was he was like a top twenty five player, or in high school, excuse me, he was like a top twenty five player, but not top five. And he he was just like a low post scorer with a little bit of like hops. And he put the work in to become that mm-hmm. skilled that skilled player. Like this is a guy who knows how to put the work in to become a better player and add the parts of his game that you don't necessarily know. You know, you don't necessarily see mm-hmm. him having right now. This is a guy who I think realistically could be the next face of the league. And I think Absolutely. he's incredibly marketable and really I think five years down the line he's he's in the conversation for the best player in the league. Yeah, well, it's so funny. It's it's gonna be two Duke guys. It's gonna be him and Jason Tatum. Tatum's only four years older than. Him. I don't <laughs> need this Zion disrespect, sir. Zion, sorry, hey, my apologies. You're right. My apologies, man. <laughs> Come my on, apologies. we got two guys in the MVP race. We got basically all but guaranteed rookie of the year. Yeah, my apologies. Sorry, Zion. On, I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. JJ run the train over me. The media. Doctor, run the train over me. Duke, Duke runs it. Adam Silver runs the league. We've had this conversation on the podcast, I think, last episode. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just crazy to see how how good Duke's NBA guys are. It, it is pretty pretty remarkable, and it's great to see. Uh, it's it's marketing one hundred and one, uh, and they've done a great job with it. Uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about this Duke team, though. Let's talk about the second third of this season. Let's play, and where we kind of expect to be. So we had. Two games in basically 21 days, and now we're going to have nine games in a month, five of which mm-hmm. are on the road. We start tomorrow against Florida State at home, 1 p.m. game, ESPN2. Then we go 
to NC State, to Boston College, home against Pitt at Clemson, home against Miami, who's the top of the league right now, at AC's Virginia Tech Hokies, at Georgia Tech, and then back home for what is hopefully a revenge game against Wake Forest. So we're going to talk about these games. First, before we do that, um, I'm predicting that we go 6-3 and three during this stretch, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, a lot of Duke fans are going to, if we lose three games of these nine, that's fine. We can handle that. But, of course, after each one of them, they're going to lose their shit. Um, of course. Oh, yeah. That, that pussy says 16. Echo chamber six. all month. <laughs> right. It really, it really is. Um, so, you know, that's going to put us at 16 and 6, um, if, if my math is correct. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 7 and 4 in the ACC, which, if I'm being honest with myself, is pretty much where, you know, I thought we would be. Um, you know, it doesn't make the losses any easier, but at least keep that in perspective. AC, what do you have for a record in these nine games? I'm with you, six and three. We'll kind of talk about who we think the three will be. Yep. Um, but six and three, I'm with you on that. Preseason, we said anywhere between nine and 11 games this team was going to lose. This is a part of it. This month and next month are brutal. Next month is even worse. So we'll get to that when we do our third half of the season next next month, our predictions for that. But this this stretch right here can can be it's going to be very tough and but it's it's easy enough if that's fair to say like the team we're not playing world beaters in this stretch we're not playing top tier uh, NCAA teams in this stretch like they are this is the ACC they, there's some these are mid level teams that can beat us and a couple of them will beat us but this will be a a good way to see if we can remedy those road ills because now we have back-to-back road games like we won't have we haven't had that all season right other than the pk tournament and such. so we have back-to-back road games here we have nc state is, is a team i think we lose to i think we lose to clemson and i think we lose to tech on the road i think we defend every game at home all right well i, I didn't give my my three my three losses so I'll, I'll say that real quick and then hand it over to you jack but i agree i think we're going to lose at nc state um i think that we lose to miami at home and uh, that's a Saturday noon game, and let's face it, Laranega, you know, he just, for whatever reason, owns us for <laughs> stretches here. Uh, and then I think we lose back-to-back games, so I think we lose that Miami game and then uh, average the attack on Monday the 23rd uh, for the three losses. I do think we avenge the, the loss to Air Force in our last game in this stretch, um, but that's where I have it. Uh, Jack, what do you got for your record? And then, you know, any losses in there, you know, let us know what you have. I mean, I think seven and two with losses at state and at tech. Um, it's tough. It's tough to figure out at this point because we haven't seen this team play true road mm-hmm. games yet, except for at Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know how that went, but you know, like you guys both said, not really the toughest stretch of opponents, but it's it's more mentally and physically a challenge than when it comes to, you know, the opponents themselves. January is always the toughest part of the schedule in college basketball. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You could play, like, each of the top 15 teams in the country in the month of February and, you know, that first half of March. January is still going to be more grueling because this is when the schedule starts to actually get, like, compact and you got to get used to it. I think there's going to be a stupid loss. I think there's going to be a definitive loss. I'm not sure which one's going to be which. Hopefully the stupid loss is not state. Then again, hopefully the definitive loss isn't state. 
right. after week. I'd right. love to. I'd love to. You know, go undefeated against the uh, the North Carolina schools the rest of the way, but <laughs> who knows? I. It's that's gonna be my a tough prediction, stretch. though. It's it's gonna yeah. be yeah. tough. That's that's all I can really say. Yeah, NC State's not a bad team. They're eleven and no, three. No, they're most certainly and not. I mean, obviously yeah. they uh, they lost Manny Bates to the portal, but and can I say they're still like, good? Can I say too that this stretch is this is the stretch where we we see our our roster for truly what it is, and and yes. we kind of talked last week about about Grandison versus Blake's, and maybe I'm reacting a little bit to the weight game because I'm I was on Team Grandison, and I think all you of us were most certainly but reacting to the weight game. <laughs> I, I think I am, but. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, bro. <laughs> like J- Jalen Blakes is playing better than Jacob Grandison right now. He is. He is. And I, I don't know if a, a six year senior gets better. You know what I mean? Like, I think he'll still hit shots for us. I just don't know that he gets better. Whereas Jalen Blakes is still young. He can get he can do what he did against Wake and continue some of that momentum. I don't think he'll have that type of percentage all season, but he played defense. He was active. He was hitting shots. He was taking it to the rim. Things that this team needs. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like you got, you got to yeah. prove it each game. So, like I said, not an indictment on the team that weight loss. However, you can look at individuals and see how they are progressing. And Jalen Blake's is playing through from not just weight from the start of the season to now. Jalen Blake's is playing better than Jacob Grandison. Do you still I think, think it's be that, situational? Do you yeah? Do you still think that? You know, because we when we had that conversation, you know, the Grandison versus Blakes, you know, we kind of talked about again the ceiling, right? And mm-hmm. we all kind of agree that the ceiling for Grandison is much higher, specifically this season, than it mm-hmm. is for Blakes, and that's kind of why we all, you know, picked him. Do you still mm-hmm. feel that way, or are you going to be, you know, having second thoughts now from what you saw from both? I guess it's all about it's all about actual production, right? So, like, if Blakes. If Blake's is hitting shots and Grandison isn't, right? So Grandison does have the better, he has the better potential because he is a proven shooter. He is a proven defender. We just haven't seen it. <laughs> like and, and what a game we needed. To do it. too much. Right. What a game that but what a game we needed it, right? Like trying to do too much. Like I, I get it. I get it. He's trying. He is trying. I'm not saying he's not trying. I'm not saying he's not an asset at all. But I am saying that. Right now, Blake's is playing better basketball than him, so this is a this is going to be a definitive stretch for both of those players. That's I guess that's my point. I, this is not. This I is not me. Other... I'm not picking a side yet. I think at the end yeah. of January, if Blake's is still better than Grandison, then that's who it is. I think the other thing that's fair to actually bring up, which I don't know why people aren't, is Filipowski. Uh, you know, obviously came out of the season Jan Busters. He's had a little bit of a slump, and, that, and again, is understandable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, now teams are going to start, you know, steaming for him, of course. And that's where I think to me, that's really where you need Lively and Whitehead, um, to mm-hmm. kind of take a little bit of that burden off of him. But, you know, are, are fans going to start turning on him too? If, if he has yes. a, a couple more, you know, stankers. They already well. have. Right. Okay. There you go. So. Fool's goal. Uh, shouldn't go to the pros. Goals and you know, now that people are steaming and, you know, he's kind of regressing yeah. back to the mean, you know, those, all those sorts of cliches. Um, is it fair to say though that he probably needs Lively and Whitehead more than anyone? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. He, this team needs they need an alpha scorer. Like they need Derek Whitehead to be an alpha scorer. They do. Flip as good as Flip has been, he's been carrying a burden that's that's difficult. So he needs help. Like anybody needs help. Like having two scores, unless you are a transcendent talent, you need help. So yes, he does. He needs help. And then the other thing I wanted to kind of switch gears toward was you both picked 
us to beat Miami. Um, I have them losing to Miami. Um, what's you know, just kind of walk me through your logic of because I think Miami is the best team in the ACC, uh, certainly right now. But I, I just I love their balance and I, I love the way they play. What is the reason for you guys, Jack? I'll let you go first. And uh, why you believe that we won't be able to handle Miami uh, on the twenty first? I mean, first of a little bit of it is personal. I uh, I know one of their assistant coaches, and I was beat my my high school team was beat by Isaiah Wong my senior year um so a little bit of it is personal <laughs> fair I, but, I appreciate the honesty but also I I really think I think it's gonna be Jeremy having a little bit of a revenge feel after that embarrassment last season at the end mm-hmm. of that game team fell apart yeah. I I really think that's what it is I think logically wasn't it Jeremy who committed that foul that gave Miami yeah. the winning points. Yeah, Jeremy's going to be was, out for blood. I was yeah. there. I and, I, and lo- I found out I had tickets after the game ended. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Ish. No, logically, I look at it as we 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 are still the we're a bigger team. Athletically, we we are better than them. I think that we can hang with them offensively when we are shooting and hitting our shots and everybody's clicking. And I think defensively, defensively we're a better team, but honestly, like just the way college basketball goes and, and the way it is, it's a home game for us. That's why I'm picking Wake or I'm picking us to beat Miami. It's a home game for us, especially coming off a road game that I think we're going to lose. So I, I think that there's going to be motivation there. Like I said, I think this team defends home the entire season. We, I think we go undefeated this whole season at home and that's why I'm picking us over Miami, quite honestly. Take take the logic aside. Sometimes it's just you got to be better than the other dude or you got to have it, want it more than the other team. And I, I think and that's it. The other thing that I, I find interesting, AC, keeping it here with you, is that you have us going right after that, two days later, on the 23rd, to Virginia Tech and winning there. No, no, I had us losing the Tech. You have us losing that. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, right. Georgia, yeah, that's Georgia Tech, I think, will win on the road. Virginia Tech... We can't shoot. If we you, you can't shoot there, we can't shoot on the road. That's going to be an ugly game. Yeah. And and Tech is actually pretty legit this year in basketball. They are they are actually playing well this season. Yeah, I agree. Like this is not this is not no, like Tech's, Tech's a, a good. terrible Tech team that beats Duke because it's their Super Bowl. It's not the same story. Like this is the defending ACC champions playing top twenty five style basketball. So they're going to be difficult to beat at home. This is again Jeremy Roach being out for blood. I think. I think Jeremy's going to lead the way. I think Duke's going to come in like a wrecking ball against Tech. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a close. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Duke's going to prevail. I can see us losing. I believe I said we were going to lose, but I, I also, the optimist in me wants to see Duke win and thinks that they can. Well, it's, it's going to be a tough nine-game nine stretch. I think we all agree on that. Oh, and then... You know, like AC said, and I don't want to preview it, but, you know, after this nine-day stretch, we go in a seven-day period, home against Carolina at Miami at Virginia. So uh, we're going to go ahead and need to to, to get some wins here because um, that's yeah. going to be a brutal stretch to, you know, start February. Um, all right, so let's close this one up here. We do play Florida State at home, 1 o'clock tomorrow, New Year's Eve. Again, your boy TK will be in the house for the first time this year. Thank God. <laughs> um, 
AC, this this one does scare me for the same reasons the the way one does is, you know, while Florida State's record is abysmal, they play Duke hard. It's a eleven day layoff during the holidays. We don't even know who's going to be you know coming out with with the energy. Uh, I, I do think that we're going to win this game, but give us kind of a preview here of what what you're expecting. I think we're going to blow them out. Honestly, like wow. it's, I don't look at wow. the same situation as Wake because it's not on the road. It's not after exams. Exams that's that takes a mental toll on you. So it's not it's not a post exam game they've had now since Christmas and and even a little before they they've had now now they have had their practice. They've had a week a week's worth of practice. Guys are healthy again. We have Lively and Whitehead back. I, and 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 Florida State has lost Cameron Fletcher for the year now with a knee injury. So that's that's one more score that you have now taken away from a team that cannot score. So, no, this is this is not a get back game for Florida State. This is not one of those. Oh, we got to go to Cameron and we're gonna get this thing. Like, uh-uh. sorry, man. Like that's that's not that's not who this FSU team is. Matt Cleveland's a really good player. I still like that kid, but nah. I, I, this is a blowout to the to the tune of like 80, 85 to sixty five. I, I just don't see us being able to score that much. Uh, basically, because we don't we prove and we don't. Um, I like the 65, but I'm going to have Duke with 72. So 72, 65 for me, Jack, wrap this one up. FSU is very top heavy and is now without Cam Fletcher, like AC said. Fletcher aside, they have three guys averaging double figures, but nobody averaging more than 13 and, uh, 13.7, pardon me. Cleveland's good. Green is impressive. Mills is an intriguing player. They're seven four guys out, mm-hmm. so that's that's good. <laughs> we can defend okay, every single one of They don't have anyone over seven feet that like gets minutes. No, and this is the shortest Leonard Hamilton healthy. bench that yeah. we've ever seen. Yeah, because everyone's injured. Like most of right. their starters are out with season-ending injuries, and that is uh, Miller's not back. Nope. So this is like, I'm gonna be real. I was talking to my cousin who goes to Florida State the other day. And he straight up told me FSU is actual trash this year because they have no They're hot garbage. They're the second worst team in the ACC, and the only reason for that is because Kenny Payne is still a head coach. Oh, we almost like, did yeah. it. We almost got through the entire podcast without making <laughs> Couldn't, do it. <laughs> Couldn't do almost. it. I mean, this is straight up abysmal. Like, go back four years, and they were a ranked team. It's, it's sad. But mm-hmm. back to the actual game at hand. A lot of respect to Coach Hamilton. I kind of I feel really bad for for that team this year because they should be so much better than they are. They should be in the top five in the ACC, and here they are, second to last. It's really unfortunate. I think it's going to be eighty-one to sixty-eight. All right, there we have it. New Year's Eve, final day of twenty twenty-two. It's been a memorable year. We got a lot of things to be thankful for in 2023 but we're going to get things started in the last day of 2022 with a big duke victory over the nose let's go duke let's go duke let's go duke hey guys thanks for checking out the five point play podcast like comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts also check us out on twitter and on instagram five point play podcast let's go duke